Whitehead drives to the hole, hangs, and what? Isaiah Whitehead ties it up at 67. Outlet pass, Archidiakono, front court, slips, fires, and that's it! The Seton Hall Pirates defeat Villanova, 69-67, and for the first time in 23 years, their Big East Tournament champion. For the latest in Seton Hall basketball and Seton Hall athletics, this is Courtside Pirates with Chris Pazes. Second to go, what a shot by Miles Powell. Thompson shows it. Kale steps back, lets it fly. Miles Kale, 84-83. And Seton Hall knocks off the number nine team in the nation. 84-83. What a win for the Pirates. This weekly podcast will recap every men's basketball game throughout the Pirates season. Pow! From Trenton! What Trenton makes, the world takes! With special guests along the way, Courtside Pirates will dive into the Pirates season after every game, giving you my thoughts and opinions as Seton Hall looks to return to the NCAA tournament. McKnight will inbound. Powell, they throw it up the Mambo, and at the buzzer! Oh my goodness! This is Courtside Pirates with Chris Pazes. Welcome and thank you for listening. My name is Chris Pazes and we have a jam-packed episode today on Courtside Pirates as former Scene Hall men's basketball standout player Michael Enzi joins me for a must-listen interview covering topics from his time at Scene Hall and the state of the current team after a tough, gut-punching loss to Butler. My interview with Michael Enzi is up first, and later we dive into the historic performance of the Scene Hall women's basketball team on this episode of Courtside Pirates. As always, if you like what you hear, please subscribe to this podcast and follow along on Twitter at Pazis, that is at P-A-I-Z-I-S, for updates and new episode announcements. Above all, I would love to hear from you. Send over some questions on Twitter that could be answered on the next episode. So sit back and enjoy this tell-all interview with former Seno men's basketball standout, Michael Enzi. Join now with Michael Enzi, a five-time Big East All-Academic Team Selection, 2019 Big East Scholar Athlete of the Year, 2019 Big East Men's Basketball Sports Excellence Award, member of the 2016 Big East Tournament Championship team and became only the third Seton Hall Pirate in school history to appear in four consecutive NCAA tournaments. Mike, it is great to talk to you again, and welcome to officially as a member of a guest on Courtside Pirates. Appreciate you, bro. Um, You know, me and you, we go back a long way since our Seton Hall days, so it's good to be here and it's good to see you again, brother. Yeah, man, it's been good. It's been good to catch up with you the last couple of uh, weeks, especially in the, over the last month uh, leading up to that panel that we did together at night at Seen Hall Basketball, which had Brian Custer, John Fanta, and yourself as panelists, yeah. and I served as moderator. Uh, how did it feel to reconnect with Fanta, Custer, and all those other Seen Hall fans? Um, see, you know, I mean, I might have, like, graduated from Seen Hall, but, like, I never really left. 
Um, I currently still live in Jersey and I still talk to a lot of people, but just being on that, that event was really great. You know, I get to speak from my heart, um, listen to Fanta, uh, to Fanta and Brad Costa, like just give their own experience. You know, it was really great. You know, it was, I, I felt like it was like one of the best, like sale hall events I've ever been on, you know? And, you know, there was a lot of positive feedback that came back from that panel, but something that I feel stood out the most to people was just how much you love Scene Hall and your time at the university. What was it about Scene Hall that continues to really keep you connected? When, when I think about my time at Scene Hall, I think about, like, all the great people I met at that school, you know? Um, I, I came into the school with, with just the idea that I was only coming to play basketball, and... For me, I felt like I was doing that the first two years and I just didn't want to go through that school without, you know, like getting to like, ex- like have that student experience. I was already an athlete on the court, but I wasn't really like into like the school life, like associating with the students. So by the time I just started exploring and going out and meeting people, I just realized there was so much more love out there, you know? And for me, that, like, really stuck out with me. And a lot of my friends today are from Seal Hall, a lot of my mentors and, like, the people I still talk to are from Seal Hall. So it's just, like, that pirate connection would never stop. And, and about that point, too, your academics really speak for themselves and really defined what it meant to be a student athlete. In many ways, you succeeded just as much in the classroom as you really did it with your teammates on the court. And do you feel that being a business student at Scene Hall and earning your master's in finance from the university really now put you in the position that you're in at Goldman Sachs? Um, honestly, the big thing that has helped me in my current career would be everything that I've learned from athletics. Um, sometimes they tell you, like, what you, le- what you learn from school is not really what you get to do on the job. But, you know, just being a athlete, the daily grind, you know, waking up at 6 a.m. because you have a 7 a.m. class, you go work out, you lift, then go to class. So for me, waking up, getting ready, taking the train, going to work, staying long hours was nothing new to me because the moment I leave my house in the morning and go on campus, I'm going through classes, through lifts, through lunch. And by the time I'm done with my classes, I'm going back to my room at night. So it was like, it's always been a grind for me. And you know, the teamwork, the teamwork. I work with a 18, on an 18 man team. And it's like, you just don't learn teamwork. Like, like, just like overnight. A lot of people went through school learning to do things themselves. So when they go out working with teams, they want to take all the credit. They want to just like focus on what they're doing. But for me, it was like, hey, what is your strength? Okay, you do this, I do this. You take this, I take this. And it was so easy because I've always, like, been on a team my whole life because of basketball. And, I, like, I know how to collaborate with people. There's so much, like, communication. Like, there's so much from athletics that, that I could easily transfer to my job. So I, I would say my athletic experience at the university really shaped me, like, in my current role. So, like, that's one thing that I would just, like, give credit to for now. <laughs> and, you know, you mentioned your team and teamwork. You're part of Seton Hall's history on the court. You were an integral part of the program's resurgence and part of one of the greatest recruiting classes in Seton Hall history. Guys like Isaiah Whitehead, Angel Delgado, Kadeem Carrington, Desi Rodriguez, Ishinogo, someone named Mike Enzi. Uh, you know, 
do you know, did you know then when you decided to come to Seton Hall, what these expectations of that group was going to be? Um, to be honest, I was just going to college. Um, I knew about the guys, um, you know, going to high school in New York. Um, I kind of like ran into these guys a couple of times in like AAU tournaments. Actually, it started with Miles Power. Me and Miles, who, pay, who played AAU my first year, I was in the U- United States. I, I, I was playing for the New Jersey, New Jersey players. Miles was my teammate at that point. Who would have thought that we would have ended up on the same team? And then two weeks later, Isaiah Whitehead, Isaiah Whitehead and Desi showed up. They're like, two guys from New York are coming to join you guys. Who would have thought that me and these guys would end up being teammates? Uh, I played against Angel my junior year in high school. He was great. Um, never knew this, me and this guy would be on the same team. So it all started for me when I played them at the, it's called the New York Metro Classic. Um, and it was great because my teammates at that time, we were the Long Island guys and Isaiah, Kadeen, Desi were like the city boys. So we, the, throughout our high school, we, we wanted to play them so much because at that point, it was like, who was the best high school in New York? And everybody would say Lincoln. And we was like, oh, you guys could say Lincoln because we don't play like the New York City schedule. So when we were going to play in this tournament, everyone was so like ready to fight each other. You know, you know how it goes. Like, but I was just there. I was just wanted to have fun. So I, I ended up winning every few of this tournament. And Desi was just like, where are you going to go to school? I'm like, I don't know. And then we now all got selected for the Jordan Brand Classic. And at that time, they were all like seeing whole comments already. But I was just like still like just roaming around, don't know where I, I wanted to go at that point. Uh, I was still looking. And Desi was like, how about you come join us at Seung Ho? I was like, Seung Ho? Man, I don't just, I, we just, it was in the game. And because Des has just always been a friendly guy. And he was, and I was actually playing against Desi in the tournament. And he was, his team was beating my team. And he, he whispered to me, like, you should have joined our team. Like, you know, all that kind of stuff. We were just, just having fun. So when he, when he came that Silver Hall was interested in me, I was just like, I know these guys. I've played against these guys. It would be fun to join this guy. So for me, I just thought about, one, like going to a place that I know someone, a couple of players already, not just players that I know, but I know that can play really well. So for me, it was just like, okay, I think I'm joining something great here. So there was no expectations at that point for me in terms of like what I thought the team would achieve. But I just felt like being in a place with these guys would be great. And I think we could do something. That's so incredible because I remember when you guys were all in that tournament because the the big yeah. hype was I, I was in grad school at the time and the big yeah. hype was that you guys were all playing in this tournament together and that was like the big talk about Seton Hall like we had all these guys all these New York guys that all these guys playing in the area that were going to be there ready to yeah. go and then this was like our way of kind of seeing what was next to come. Um, and it's so funny that you mentioned that. And, you know, everything kind of really came together, I guess, technically then your sophomore year. And uh, for you and your teammates, that 2016 Big East Championship, that game versus Villanova is still one of my favorite sports memories that I have. It was insane. Having yeah. been at Scene Hall since 2009 and Scene Hall not even tasting the NCAA tournament, for that yeah. to happen, I don't know if you guys knew what it meant to the university at the time, 
but it meant so much because in hindsight, it really helped the conference develop a, a real com- competition between Villanova and Seen Hall on a competitive level. Um, and then thinking yeah. back to that tournament, uh, do you guys remember having pressure in the games? Do you feel that there was something that you needed to prove? Because in my opinion, I always viewed you guys, no matter whether it was your freshman year or your senior year, or in for you, grad school, you guys always had a chip on your shoulder because you always felt different, disrespected. So for me, I think that was my first year playing. Um, I was actually like, uh, I was a redshirt freshman at that time. Um, I know just like with everything that happened the previous year and we start in the new year with just like a bunch of sophomores and freshmen on a team. It was just like so much outside noise about what the team could do. I remember after our first game where we struggled against Baruch, there was just so much noise. So I kind of felt like that alone kind of like made a lot of people like sit back and was like, we're just not going to sit here and let people talk down on us, you know? Um, and I mean, sometimes people could say whatever they want, but a lot of times it depends on how you take it. So I feel like my teammates and I, we kind of use that as a motivation. Um, we, we just pretty much played every game and played every game. And, you know, if you give your best and if you work hard, because hard work was like, the, I, I feel like it was the motto for that team. We were there all summer. We grinded every day. So I felt like every work we put in kind of like paid out for everyone. Because you could see like the development on like a lot of players, let's say Desi, you know, no one knew what Desi was going to be when he joined Stephen Hall, but he put in the work. Kadeem, Kadeem ended up being one of the greatest point guards at Stephen Hall. Isaiah Whitehead, you know, when the big moment came, he took over after everything people were saying, talking about him. Angel, you know, one of the greats, you know, Ish, you know, like there was so much that you could just pick out of that game. It just all started with like how much everybody was willing to invest on themselves and was willing to give to the team. And also, you got to give the coaches credit for, like, dealing with a bunch of sophomores. Because, you know, there's, like, <laughs> a lot of, <laughs> how would I say this, immature men that you have to deal I with. I remember you, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> so it was, it was funny. But, I mean, I give the coaches credit for making sure they keep everybody together and for everybody to, like, have, like, their head focused on what was on the line, you know. So, yeah. It's a great experience, you know. It's one of the things when I think about my time playing, I think about those moments. And, and a part of that has to be going to the NCAA tournament. You had four appearances in the NCAA tournament. Is there a particular one that sticks out to you most? Honestly, I've never thought about this. Um, I feel like I get reminded all the time that, hey, you went to the NCAA four times. And I'm like, oh, yeah, you did. Um, but I just feel like, they they all had their own special feeling to me, you know. Um, I remember the first year, the, the the good feeling was like, oh, look, we made it. We're going for the first time. It was great. Um, the second time, it was like, hey, look, we've been here before. Now we have to go prove a point. Um, things didn't end up going our way. Um, I feel like that was the saddest one. No, actually, my senior, the one, the the the. the the, the the senior year and stuff it could be the saddest one for me because like I knew basketball was over. But it was special for me because um the chances of us making that was so was so low, but we ended up I can't give credit I can't give it to any of those. I kind of feel like 
they all had their special feeling and it just it just it was all like great to me i feel like it, it goes a long way to tell people how far this program have come you know from like not going to the NCAA in a long time to going four years in a row and i was just lucky to be there at that time that it happened so you know it was all special to me, you know. I'm here. It's happening. I'm part of it. So, you know, that's how I see it. <laughs> well, don't, don't sell yourself short, man. You were an important part of what that program did. And uh, we are joined by former Scene Hall men's basketball player Michael Enzi, who has taken time out of his Goldman Sachs schedule to come on Courtside Pirates this week. And, Mike, one of your former teammates who had plenty of shining moments in his career, Miles Powell, is having a phenomenal start to his professional career with the Westchester Knicks. I'm sure it comes as no surprise to you, but what are you seeing from Powell that is working in your mind? And is it a matter of when he actually gets picked up by the Knicks? Look, Powell's a great guy. That's number one. He's a great teammate. That's number two. And he's a great player. He takes over the room wherever he goes, not just because he's a really good player, just because of the love he brings around any coach will want a player like Miles in their locker room. Not only does he bring a lot of joy, does he motivate his teammates? That kid works really hard. If you look at his journey coming to Seon Hall, you could tell how much work he put in year after year. So it's no surprise to me he's playing this great. The biggest surprise was all the teams that passed on him. But, you know, in life, things happen to, like, open your eyes, to, like, motivate you. He understands what happened he knows what's ahead so i just believe like we last time it's all gonna happen a team is gonna pick him up and he's gonna show the world what he could do so we all know that we we've seen him light up the rock light up teams on the road very soon we're gonna see that guy lighting up nba teams i believe that and i know it's gonna happen so i'm just waiting for that moment let me, tell you something. Let me tell you something, Mike. You should be his hype, man. I'll tell you that right now. That was good. That, that, that was honest. Look at your, people aren't going to be able to see your smile, man. But I'm telling you, you have a huge no, smile on right now. No, you know, it, it, it's a very special moment for me playing with these guys, you know. Um, once you have teammates that you've, you've been with over the years and you realize, like, oh, that I could call these guys my brothers, like, you know. It, it's like, it's for me, I could be on my teammates hype, man. Like, I, I really could, like, sit here and tell you stories and things about these guys. Because, you know, we spend so much time together. It's like soldiers, when they go to war together, they'll be friends forever. So, you know, there's, there's no stopping. There's nothing that's going to stop this pirate brotherhood. Should we call it the pirate brotherhood or yeah, I think we, we should call it the Pirate Brotherhood. <laughs> we could call it the Pirate Brotherhood for now. <laughs> and, 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 you know, Mike, uh, looking past when you were a current player uh, and at the current team now, Cian Hall is coming off a very deflating loss to Georgetown and a gut-punching one to Butler on the road. Where is this team right now in your mind and what has stood out recently, which has led to them losing these last two games? I mean, it's always been like uh, – I mean, for every for every team, I wouldn't just start with Seton Hall. There's good moments and there's bad moments. In life, general, there's ups, there's down. It's how you react when you're down. That's what matters. There's been a lot of times throughout my years at Seton Hall, we've been up, we've been on top of the world, and there's been 
moments where we were down, like rock bottom, like I was, I couldn't sleep. But we know how to get ourselves out the hole. The coaches know what to do. So for me, I don't feel like I would ever lose faith on any senior Hall's team because I know who's behind all those players, their coach. Coach Whelan, I feel like he understands the kind of players he have. He knows how to bring the best out of his team. Um, like I said, it's tough coaching a bunch of young men. It's really tough. I, I've, I, I've been there. Like sometimes I've, I, I think about some of the stuff I did back in college and I would laugh and I was just like, you know what? If I had known better, no one should need to tell me that I had to do that, you know? Um, but I feel like this is a time where um, the guys are going to like look up to coach. If, if any of them is listening to this podcast, they should look up to coach at this time because there have been moments where we were down um, and coach came into practice. It's like, hey guys, we're going to get it done. And everybody responds, we're going to get it done. And he tells us, and it starts today. And just like he says it, this is how we go out every day, knowing that we need to get it done. And we, by the time we get it done, we're going to be in that bus or that plane going to the NCW tunnel and smiling and saying like, oh, guys, we did it. You know, I believe in the coaches. I believe in the players. I believe in the program as a whole. So for me, it's not like two games. They lost two games. So what? We got a couple, two, like couple games, like two games left. It happened my senior year. We needed to win two games, two of the hardest games, two of the hardest games the whole year. At that point, Villanova, Marquette were the two best teams in the league, according to the rankings. What did we do? Come up, smoking. So you have a bunch of seniors on this team. You have juniors who's been through the fire. You have you have a deep team. So it's like we're gonna come out and we're gonna show them pirate basketball. I have no doubt in my mind that the players they're gonna bring it, and I know coach is gonna get them fired up. So I'm just looking forward to it. Well, I certainly hope they do listen to this because this is something that I think a lot of fans need to hear as well because people will talk about what happened on the defensive side in the last game. They'll talk about the threes, the free throws, but you've been in that locker room and you know what it takes to bounce back from games because people have very short memory. They forget that your senior year, people doubted you guys and what was going to happen because how is Seen Hall going to beat Villanova and Marquette? How is that going to happen? Well, your team went out and did it very convincingly, mind you. I'm telling you, in dark times, sometimes you look up to your leader. And who's the leader? Coach Willard. He's going to come out and he's gonna, everyone's going to look up to him and watch. They're going to go out there. I, I've been in the same locker room with these guys. I know what they could do. And I, I know they all got hearts. So they're going to give their best. No, I just, I just know it in my heart. They're going to give their best. They're going to play pirate basketball. And you know the pirate basketball? We grind. We are tough. And that's what they're going to show. And to that point, you do know these guys, several of them, in fact. Uh, Sandro Mamukel is really being one of them. He's getting national praise for having just been named uh, a finalist for the Carl Malone Award, which yeah. is awarded to the best power forward in college basketball. What makes Mamu right now a top player in the nation? When I look at Mamu and how far he's come, like how, far, how much work he's put in, he's a really versatile player. Mamu could do a lot. 
But I feel like a lot of people didn't get to see it because being on a team, um, especially your freshman year, your sophomore year, your junior year, you got to play a role. And he did what he was supposed to do. And now's his time. Now he's the top dog on the team. So he's he has that freedom and he has that confidence being a senior to go out there and play his game. So I feel like Mamu's just out here every day showing people what he's worked on and how much he's improved at Sion Hall in the last four years. So you give credit to the player and you give credit to the school because um, Sion Hall has given him that chance to show himself and to put in that work. So I just feel like me seeing all the blessings that's coming to, uh, for Mamu, I'm really happy for that guy. Uh, he's a really, really great, genuine teammate um and I, i'm just like really happy on you know, like his development and his future i feel like he got a really bright future and i can't wait to see where he ends up someone who i think has a very bright future next year is jared roden who i think he has the potential to be a preseason all big east candidate and po- potentially a big east player of the year candidate next year what do you think he needs to do to get to that final next step in his senior year he needs to listen to the coaches Everyone's done it. <laughs> Putting that work. Nobody works harder than Jared. I seen that guy his freshman year. He just we come from a road trip. He didn't play as much as he did. He goes in the gym. And I'm like, why is this guy going in the gym? This guy shuts up. And I'm like, okay. In practice, he's going hard. Uh like, like, you know, sometimes when people don't get to play as much. They're mad about it. They they don't they don't go as hard as like oh well no matter how hard I play I'm not gonna go in because I'm only a freshman. I'm just telling you this just from the player's perspective and like people don't see this, but that guy he'll give you his best every day and as long as he doesn't stop doing that, he's gonna be like the word like next year is gonna be his time to shine because he's gonna be a senior, four years of experience, four years of senior whole basketball. Four years of biggest basketball. Is you, you we will say. I mean, everyone's been saying how great they think Jared will be since his freshman year. They just don't say from what they see him do on the court. All the people that say, uh, like most of the people that's been on the same floor as him, as him, the coaches, one because they know how much work he puts in, and two they know how talented this guy is. So. We 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 we're gonna see it. Hopefully, COVID is is gone by that time, and we'll probably catch you at one of those games. <laughs> Going down the rest of the starting lineup, Iko Biagu has, has taken really great strides uh, as the starting center over the course of this season compared to last year when he was behind Romero Gill. Uh, yeah. You know the position very well and understand the style in which Coach Willard wants to implement his big men, be it Angel yeah. Delgado, Gill, or yourself. Give the fans your analysis on what Ike has done this year. And is this just a small sample of his development for next year? So I know Ike way back, um, let's say 10 years ago, 11 years ago. Um, I seen this kid in Nigeria. He was so tall. And they had a funny name for him. I wouldn't say before Pirate fans end up start calling him the name. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't blow his spot. Um, Ike had, Ike, apart from the height, the strength, Ike is like, one of the coolest guys you'll be around. He's like, you know, one, what, I don't know what they call it, you know, the humble giants. Mm-hmm. 
Ike is that guy. He he works hard. Um, you see Ike. Um, he was going to the gym, practice his jump hooks. That's why he's making all his free throws now because he practices that stuff every day. Um, but it's tough, you know, as a player, I've been there just not playing basketball for a whole year and then coming back and like playing behind somebody. But I just feel like little by little, he's going to catch his groove. Um, everyone thinks Ike is doing so great. Um, I just think he's getting started. And when I talk to him, I'm like, yo, game by game, little by little, one day you're just going to like, it's just going to happen. And from there, it's just going to be like, nobody's going to be able to stop you. I know what he could do. I don't think, like, I'm not trying to, like, belittle him. Or I just think what I've seen from Ike in the past, I expect Ike to be at a point. Like, I don't know how to put put this in context because I've watched him playing in Nigeria. I've watched him playing in high school. Um, I've watched Ike play play at Florida State because he's Nigerian, I'm Nigerian. So, like, we, we all support each other. Um, so my expectations for Ike are, like, way, like, like way high in the ceiling, like 20 blocks a game, like, you know, like Shaquille O'Neal. And I know it's going to happen because um, coming from where we come from, we have this work ethic that we don't want nobody to outwork us. So I just feel like Ike is playing his role as the center of the team, making sure to protect the basket. But I feel like by the time he gets his chance to like be more of an offensive threat next year, the world's going to get to see what this guy could do. Like, I know, I've seen it. Everybody just talk about the defensive side. But this guy, he could like, he could back a defender down and like, you know, that little nice jump hooks. You know, I think that's all for Grant to bring out the best in that guy, like he did with Romero Gale, you know? Grant's always, Coach Grant, Bill Meyer, he's always been that coach that he would push you. So uh, I'm saying this now. I know Grant's going to do that, and we're going to end up seeing a, a new a new emergence of Angel Delgado in like, you know, a 2020, 2010, double-double machine, you know? That's how I see Ike. So... When, whenever he plays a good game, I'm like, I want more, you know? Yeah, That's listen. Fair. He's, 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 like, he's like a little brother to me. So it's like I'm talking to my little brother. I can't tell my little brother I'm comfortable with what he's giving me. I got to push him for more. So That's high praise and, and a lot of pushing for uh, your fellow countrymen. And, you know, talking about even just Nigeria at this point, ha- have you gone back to Nigeria at all uh, pre-COVID and – or do you uh, once you do uh, get out of this kind of pandemic lifestyle? Last time I've been home was in 2017. Um, actually, in the last 10 years, I've only been home twice. So I went home 2015 and 2017. And I spent a total of two weeks the first time and two weeks the second time. So in 10 years, I've only been on Nigerian soil for four weeks. So like, I wake up every day and I think about home but you know it's part of life I understand my journey and I'm I'm looking forward to the next time I'm gonna be home but I can't really give you a time because there's so much I need to do before I go back home you know hey, hey, so I don't know you're work you're working man now Mike <laughs> it's, it's, that's how it goes uh but you know someone this year Mike honestly that I've been the most impressed with is Miles Kale 
I've always thought he was great defensively, but I've really thought this year he's taken his game to the next levels on, on the offensive side. What did he do differently in the offseason to, to prepare maybe that you know of, or what are you seeing in his confidence level right now that is really shining through? Um, well, skills of four-year senior, you, you have to understand. Being a four-year senior comes with a lot. It comes with you understanding the program, you understanding the system, you knowing what the coach wants, you knowing what the mistakes you've made the last four years, and you knowing what you have to do to enjoy your last year. So I feel like he's been there, he's done that. So now he's coming back. He's like, I'm going to make my last year special. That's why you see him out there playing as well as he's doing right now because he wants to make it special. And I feel like he has the support of like the coaches. He has the support of his teammates because everybody know how hard that kid, that kid works. He never complains. He never whine about anything. If you if say, Miles, you have to leave at 6 a.m., he'll show up at 6 a.m. So he's just one of those guys that's put in the work and, you know, Good guys get rewarded, you know. So he's just reaping the rewards of his last four years of hard work. Yeah. And finally, on the team, the guy I want to talk about was Shavar Reynolds. His journey to being the starting point guard at Seen Hall has been very well documented. Uh, this week versus UConn, it will be senior night, and there will be fans in the stands uh, for all these yeah. seniors. What has he meant to the program over the course of the four years? When I see Shavar, he was that player that never backed down. You know, sometimes um, when you play on a team and you get to play against each other, that guy that you always want on your side, just why? Because you don't want him on the other side because he could be annoying when he's on the other side. So you want him on your side. So Shavar's that guy that's going to give you 100% every single time, if not more. He would always push you. He would never back down from his opponent. Um, and I just feel like, He's, he's a good inspiration for a lot of kids that just have the idea, oh, hey, I'm a walk-on. I'm, I'm just going to be a practice player. And I just feel like a lot of people just say that to themselves, and that kind of limits them, you know? Once you speak that to yourself, you're kind of like telling yourself, like, hey, I don't think I could do this, so I'm just going to be a walk-on. But I feel like Shabal, from the first day he stepped on the floor, everybody loved him because, you know, he could shoot. But not only that, everyone would want him to play because he never backed down. If he's not backing down, when I'm like trying to like, let's say Angel, the biggest guy is trying to press Shabar and like, yo, Shabar, you play too much defense. Angel comes back, Shabar's still playing defense. Shabar! And you know, like, okay, we need Shabar out there on the court. You need to do what you do in practice out there. I feel like that's what Coach saw because she was locking everybody up in practice. No one could score on him. Okay, if he's doing it in practice, let's see if he could do it out there. And when he went out there, he did it. And not only that, people got to see that he could actually play the offensive side of basketball too, which was what I saw on the first day he stepped into the court with us. I was like, this kid could shoot. And then, oh, he's annoying on the defense because he wants to steal the ball. He wants, you know, and I just, I'm so happy for him. And for a lot of all the walk-ons out there, you should look up to Shepard, to be honest, because not only, when I talked about Jared going to get shots up, his partner was Shepard. You would see two of them, like, after games, 
the big speaker in the in the court on the court shooting and like this kids at that point I was just waiting to get my job started you know <laughs> but I'm happy to see that those guys are doing really really well for themselves I know yeah. I'm just like it's I'm just like explaining because I'm like picturing this moment and it's just like special, you know. I'm watch, when I watch these games, I'm like, yo, that's so cool. I mean, you were a part of a lot of those moments, so <laughs> you have a totally different perspective. And one thing that's very different this year, Mike, is the fact that players are now going to be eligible for an extra year of eligibility because of the pandemic. And it it's, has a lot of questions on what guys are going to do. Do you think there's any chance that any of these graduating players might actually return? I don't even know how that works, but... <laughs> to be honest with you, neither let, do I. <laughs> um, put it in my shoes. I mean, I would have loved another year at Sing Hall. But, you know, in life, you know, it's like for whatever. I don't know. I can't speak for nobody. There's going to be a lot of opportunities for a lot of these guys with the way they're playing, you know? Teams are going to come knocking on the door. And if teams are knocking on the door... I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what to tell you. Stay, go. But I just, I mean, I'm just going to be like you. I'm just going to wait and see if it happens. But I think everybody will get to decide from the, for themselves if they want to come back um, or they want to go. I mean, it's like a family decision, a business decision, you know, a life decision. So, yeah, I, I wouldn't, I'm not sure I, I would, like, I could picture how that will work, but I'll just wait till it unfolds. Do you think this team's in a good position to make a run in the Big East tournament and get back to the NCAA tournament? It's the Big East. Anybody could make a run. And single hole basketball has been one of the best teams in the Big East in the last, I wouldn't say five years because we've had a, a lot of great runs in the past. So the expectations for this team could be as high as the, like above the ceiling. We have I'll break it down for you. We have son, we have about four seniors on that team with a lot of experience. We have a lot of backups. We have great juniors. We have we have every piece it takes. We have a coach that's been there, he's won it, he's been to the finals a couple of times. He know he knows how to bring the best in his players. And it's just a one game at a time environment. I feel like Seal Hall is gonna like have a big chance to like like make a run for that for like the championship i think so i don't see i don't see any team that could easily just like say hey when i play against single hall i'm just gonna beat those guys no you're gonna have to work for it you know and we could work too so i can you can't count those out i feel like we could do like we could make a lot of noise hey listen mike you got you guys started that trend back in 2016 when you guys went on that run. No one expected anything from you guys. And you guys proved that you can't count Seen Hall out. And I think that's something where the Big East tournament in the past, since I've been at the university, has been something that's always been something where you can't count them out. And going on to what you did and what your team did, if you were to say what your legacy that you left at Seen Hall was, what would you say it is? Mm. <laughs> that's a funny question. I mean, it's a good question, but I've never really thought about it that way. I feel like my time at Single Hall, um, I, I feel like someone else should answer that question for me, you know. What what, what do you think, Michael Andy? Like, I don't know you. What do you think? What do you think, Michael? Oh, look at this. You're going to ask, all right, you want, you, you, want to, you want to know what I think? I think you defined what it meant to be a student athlete. You represented the university on and off the court in an incredible way, and you were a key, consistent player 
that led a charge that changed what the program became. And I think that is Michael Enzi because by the time of your senior year, you were a player that every single player knew what to expect. And you were always humble, just like you are now not answering what your own legacy is. See, I appreciate that. When you were talking about it, I'm trying to like, like wreck, like, I guess just like record it in my head. So I would just speed it out when someone else asked me. But for me, I just felt like I had a great opportunity. I was at a great school. I had a chance to get a great education. I, I had a chance to play on a great team. I had a chance to meet great people. Why, why not take all of it? It's all the blessings God gave me. So I'm here to take it all. So I try to be the best, best teammate I can on the basketball court. I try to be the best student in the class. I try to be the best guy out there when I meet people, you know? It's just one of the, a lot of the blessings that was in front of me. And I try to take every one of them, you know? But like, I mean, I give credit to like all the people that, you know, that helped me out, you know, the academic support, all the tutors, you know, I couldn't, uh, it's hard like trying to come back and read a book and understand it. But if you have a tutor where you're like, hey, do you know this? Can you explain it to me? Because the teacher wouldn't respond to my emails. And like, okay, cool. Come meet me at 4.30. And I, oh, I understand now. Or like, the coach like, hey, I can't make my free throw. And he's like, okay, after practice, 30 minutes shooting. Or like the alumni is like, hey, Mike, I don't know you, but uh, I think you should start thinking about what you want to do after basketball. I was like, I really have an idea. It's like, oh, yeah, I think if you want to do this, I can help you. And I'm like, you could help me. You don't know me. We all pirates, fans, yeah, you know. And they're all taking my calls. I have seen whole alumni rooting for me, calling the company to like hire me. And I'm why can I love a place like this, you know? Um I remember coming back um after like graduate graduating and like going there. It's like so much, so much love, so much I, I remember seeing you and I was like, why didn't you tell me it was so fun? Free drinks and I'm having fun. <laughs> and I was like, I think I like this side better. It's just so much love. Like, not only did I just feel like I went through a place and didn't get to, like, experience anything. I feel like I had the best experience at St. Hall. So it's, it's always going to stick for life. I met a lot of great people that I still talk to. They're still mental. Like, I have a bunch of St. Hall alumni that I would call. Like, hey, I, I don't... I'm like worried and I, I need to know how to navigate this. They're like, hey, Mike, yeah, I've been there before. I was a young analyst like you. It's tough, but hanging there, you know? I, so I definitely like, know what you mean. I definitely know what you mean because I, <laughs> I, 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 had a, I had a very different experience in you as I was not a Division One basketball player at Seton Hall, but yeah. I know exactly what you mean about the relationships you build. And I think that's what makes yeah. the time at Seton Hall that you do have if you make the most of it special. And last question for you. And it's more of a, a little open forum for you. You mentioned what you would tell the team right now. What would you tell Seen Hall fans right now that are not confident in the team and want to see this team succeed the rest of the way this season? I'm going to start like this. As a young boy, um, I didn't play basketball. I've been a soccer fan. Um, if anybody that's listening know about us in the football clubs, 
Arsenal Football Club in England. They're called the Gunners. They're like, like I don't know. People call them like the heartbreak team. Like some days I wake up on a Saturday, I was like, I'm not going to even watch these guys. I'm just going to see who wins. And no matter what the outcome is, I still always love my team. Because guess what? When I made that decision to support this team, it was from my heart. So when times are bad, I'm like hopeful for my team and I'm praying for my team to succeed. When times are good, I'm like, yeah, let's go, Gunners. Let's go. Let's go. So I just feel like Pirate fans out there, um, I know it's like for a lot of people, nobody wants to lose. Nobody wants to see their team lose. But when you, I feel like as a player, like I've talked about this, like I remember just like struggling in basketball and instead of like, you know, like these days when players struggle, like they complain like, oh, hey, pe- people are messaging me, talking smack, talking bad, you know, it brings people down. I remember receiving a lot of positive messages and that kind of like, like, oh, made me feel good because I'm like in my rough times, I still have people that support me, you know? So I just feel like when your team is down, that's when they need you the most. Actually, that's what you should tell off by your fans right here. You can take all the other part. Tell them when the team is down, that's when they need you the most. It's not when you're winning every game and you come in the arena screaming, go by it, go by it. No, it's the last two games that we needed to win that everybody showed up at the market game. And when I got a technical foul, instead of everybody being mad, everybody was cheering at me for standing up for myself. And I was going out and we won the game. And that's the best I've ever seen the rock. So I feel like you showing your team that you're there for them when they are down means the most to them. So Pirate fans, I want positivity going forward. The next two games, reach out, tweet about it, send positive messages to these players. Tell them you're with them and just watch what will happen. So I feel like that's that's what all Pirate fans should know. I'm a Pirate fan now, so I'm going to tweet mine too. So watch out for my tweet. (laughs) Perfectly said, Mike. Michael Enzi, a member of the Scene Hall Men's Basketball 2019 graduating class and personally one of my all-time favorite Pirates. Mike, it's been great to have you on. Uh, yeah, on courtside Pirates. And listen, if I can't see you this coming week at Senior Day or at the Big East Tournament, depending on how everything goes, next year, we need some drinks no, together at the game. Yeah, definitely. I, man, I, Prudential Center is right there. I'm just gonna, you're going to see me at every game in like the biggest tournament. This, we have family, so it's no leaving family. That's why I'm saying like I'm going to always be there to support my family. So like, it's, it's we stuff for life. You're going to see me more than this so <laughs> so man let's just let's just like chill on our pirates see what they could do and like hope for the best outcome in the next couple of days i believe it in my heart that they're gonna come out victorious so i can't wait mike thanks for joining thank you so much for having me appreciate it man how fun is this seton hall women's basketball team to watch and follow This season is going to go down as one of my favorite women's basketball seasons for the Pirates since I started covering the team in 2009. Every week, there is something new going on, and this season has been far from dull for the Lady Pirates. 
This past week, Desiree Elmore was named to the Big East Women's Basketball Weekly Honor Roll for the second straight week, which saw her score her 1,000th career point. She was also named a MBWA Division I Honorable Mention for Player of the Week. She totally deserves that honor. But I was quite upset that Lauren Park Lane did not receive conference honors as well after a 31-point explosion in overtime and a big win that the Pirates needed last week. But that is okay because this women's team did not let up. The Pirates traveled to Cincinnati to take on Xavier and left with a historic victory. The game marked the team setting program records for both points and three-pointers made in the 108-65 route against the Musketeers. This is only the seventh time in program history the team has scored 100 points in a game, and the only time they have done so twice in the same season. 108 points! The same day the men lost a brutal game to Butler, the Lady Pirates had four players score at least 17 points. Andrea Espinosa-Hunter went off for a game-high 25 points, 5 for 8 from 3. Victoria Keenan tied her career high, going a perfect 7 for 7 from downtown. Maya Jackson had 21 points and was 5 for 7 from deep. And then there was the sophomore, Lauren Park Lane, who should have received Big East Weekly honors last week, scoring 17 points and setting the Scene Hall single game record with 15 assists in her first career double-double. All in, the Pirates set a new Seton Hall record with 17 three-pointers made. 108 points and 17 made three-pointers as a team. 15 assists from Lauren Park Lane alone. What else is there to say? As of this game, Lauren Park Lane is the only player in the nation to finish a game with 15-plus points and 15-plus assists. The Lady Pirates shot 61.9% from the floor. 60.7% from three. Who would beat them on this night? I would argue they would have given DePaul a beating and UConn a run for their money with their performance against Xavier. 108 points. 61.9% shooting, absolutely incredible. These are video game stats. Now this won't happen every night. It can't. But what a statement game for this program. I am so upset fans have not been able to attend games at Walsh Gym this season. I would have been there. This team is so fun to watch and root for. They improved to 12-6 overall and 10-5 in the conference. And they improved to 10-0 when its opponent scores fewer than 70 points. This is only the seventh time in the history of the Big East that the Seton Hall women's basketball team has won at least 10 conference games in a season, four of which have come under head coach Tony Bozella. This is not a coincidence. So impressive. And I'll tell you what, I would not want to play the Seton Hall women's basketball team in the Big East tournament. Not the way they are playing right now. And just like that, the Seton Hall women's basketball team earned a statement win on the road. The Seton Hall women's team defeated Villanova in a game they needed to win. They won 67-55, to a huge resume-building win. When we talked to Coach Bazell a couple weeks ago, He was very disappointed with how the team performed against Villanova at home at Walsh Gym. He stated that if there were fans in the stands, he thinks that's a game that his Lady Pirates win. Well, they went on the road to Villanova and got the win. This is a huge statement win. Cannot stress it enough. I haven't talked a lot about the Scene Hall women's basketball team's NCAA hopes. Now it's in the conversation. They deserve to be in the NCAA tournament. They have proven 
over the course of the last few weeks how good of a team they are. They've had statement wins. They've had very strong performances overall as a team. Individual strong performances from Lauren Park Lane, Desiree L. Moore, Andrew Espinosa Hunter. The Pirates did a great job in this game. Seen Hall didn't trail after the first quarter. It was a big, big win for the Pirates on the road. And I know Coach Bazzello wanted this one. I know it. And he got it. And that's the difference here. And Desiree L. Moore was incredible in this game. She had a team high 21 points and 16 rebounds. Very convincing win. She was 6 for 10 for shooting from the floor and 8 for 10 from the free throw line. This is the type of game that the Pirates needed. They got it, and there's only one game left on their schedule at St. John's on March 1st. Seton Hall right now is not a team that you want to face in the Big East Women's Tournament. They are playing very well. DePaul should watch out. UConn is UConn. I get that. But the rest of this conference should really watch out for the Lady Pirates right now. They are playing at a very, very good level. Seton Hall led at halftime despite shooting just 28.6% from the field. And Villanova was shooting at 48%. What does that tell you about this game? The Lady Pirates improved to 13-6 and overall and 11-5 and in Big East. And Villanova dropped to 14-5 and overall and 9-5 and in conference play. This was a big game. They needed this. They needed this. Their, their hopes of getting a top four finish in the regular season just improved significantly. UConn's ahead of them. Marquette's ahead of them. DePaul is ahead of them. Villanova slightly ahead of them. If the Pirates take care of business against St. John's and get their fifth straight win against the Red Storm, they're going to be in a very good position to do so. Big win. Cannot stress it enough. The Pirates did a very good job in this game. Coach Bazell should be proud of his ladies. They did it. They've done it all year. And on top of that, they have had to do it during an unprecedented pandemic where adversity has hit their program three times. They've had three program pauses. It's not a coincidence that they've come back now and done better each time out of the pauses. They're in a good position. They're a well-coached team. And they have talent that's young and going to be returning next year. And they have veteran talent that's going to be returning next year. This is a very big win. Andrew Espinosa Hunter has been a key reason for the Pirates, in my opinion, having such a dominant second half overall. Desiree Elmore is stepping up and being the player everyone expected her to be. Lauren Park Lane has had a fantastic sophomore year. The Pirates are in very good shape. They deserve this win, and they've got it. This brings us to our closing segment, Courtside Perspective. Seen Hall officially announced that there will be fans in the stands for Senior Day on March 3rd versus Connecticut. Finally, a sense of normalcy in New Jersey. Fans at large public gatherings. The seniors will get some type of proper send-off with fans in attendance. I plan on being there with my fiancé, cheering on the Pirates, and attending our first sporting event since Senior Day last year versus Villanova. It is time to get back to living and do it in a safe way. The Rock, even with 10% attendance, will certainly be rocking. And I, for one, cannot wait. I certainly will be posting photos from the arena on my Twitter page, at Pazis. The team needs fans in the stands more than ever right now as the regular season is coming to a close. The Pirates have their last home game against UConn. Then they travel to St. John's. The Pirates cannot afford to drop a game. 
It's over. They can't. Butler beat Villanova. There's no easy games in the Big East. Butler was an awful loss for the Pirates. But now it puts it in perspective. Seen Hall figured out how to lose to Butler, as did Villanova. The Pirates need to find ways now to win. It's time. They need to do it. You heard from Mike Enzi before. If you don't believe someone that's already been through it, who would you believe? Those guys did it. Why can't these? Coach Willard knows how to get his guys motivated. Now it's time for them to do it on the court. If you enjoyed this podcast, please feel free to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Anchor and search Courtside Pirates with Chris Pazes. Also, feel free to follow me on Twitter at Pazes and let me know what you thought about this episode and send over any questions you may want answered. Thank you again to Michael Enzi for joining me on Courtside Pirates. He is simply the best and defines better than anyone what it means to be a student athlete. The next episode will go live on Monday, March 8th, following Seen Hall's Senior Day versus UConn and regular season finale at St. John's. Again, my name is Chris Pazes. Thank you for listening. We will see you next time on Courtside Pirates.